Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. It is the viewpoint and uh, coming up next, uh, our subject uh, talking about aligning interventions for women's development to the Sustainable Development Goals. And I'm talking to uh, Dr. Criselda Kananda. I have to correct that. Uh, Acting Deputy Chair of the Sawit Trust. Good evening and a warm welcome to The Viewpoint. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you so much for inviting me. And good evening to the listeners. Uh, this is quite an interesting conversation. I was just looking at the work that you do. So the South African Women in Dialogue, which is SAWED, uh, concluded its uh, 20th commemorative conference in Ekuruleni Gauteng with a commitment that the organization will, over the next 20 years, significantly move the needle for women's agenda in the country. Is this the vision? Yeah. And if it is the vision, would you like to elaborate on that? Oh, absolutely. This is the vision. I mean, we're looking at 20 years later um, and, and reflecting on the many achievements and uh, perhaps, you know, one statement that would just summarize um, why this, con- this, this journey was just so critical um, is just quoting a former president of Liberia, uh, Marilyn Johnson Sirleaf, saying, um, Sawid has shared a vision with uh, the alliance the Aligned of African Women Leaders Network and the common vision, um, because she's a patron of, of Aligned um, African Women Leaders, uh, the common vision being um, that it's a foundation of new partnership uh, and, and just ensuring that there's increase in women leadership. And, and we believe, I mean, looking at what our patron said, um, our patron being Mamza Nelembegi, we truly believe that um, women's voices are missing in action. And um, as soon as we can just convene and strengthen women's voices and, and mobilize resources, we'll begin to see meaningful change. Uh, South African women in dialogue believe that uh, advocating peace and development um, stems from our theme saying we are the ones that we've been waiting for. And um, I see that some of the pointers that um, was highlighted at the conference, healing for socioeconomic development and healthy families. What exactly, if you would like to just simplify, you know, from a layman's perspective? Well, uh, you know, I, I, in order for me to respond to this effectively, I have to take you back to, two, to 2003 mm-hmm. when the dialogue started. Uh, some of the women quoted saying, uh, at the time we came, our tears were more from brokenness, from hurt, um, from feeling helpless and hopeless, feeling unheard. And this time around, our tears are that of reflecting back and looking at um, what can we do, what have we done together to strengthen not only our families, to strengthen ourselves as individuals, um, to provide economic uh, development, um, that you know, some of the sessions that were provided uh, was uh, when we talk about intergenerational trauma, without moving away from this conversation, when you look at what recently happened, um, and I say this with the greatest of respect within the Mandela family, uh, for me, it's a true reflection in action on how intergenerational trauma will will 
live itself with generations to come, um, if not addressed. And amongst the speakers that were focusing on this particular uh, conversation, which we called Fireside, was Dr. Brigalia Bam, Professor Tulima Donzela, and Professor Pumla Gola, um, joined by a, an incredible, indelible um, Felicia Hossen, who um, was born in prison, and she writes her story. And it's just listening to that intergenerational exchange, um, talking about as Sawid, how do we go forward uh, healing the broken pieces um, that we present in our communities? To quote Felicia saying, uh, with dialogue comes action, from action comes change, and from change comes renewal. And, and that's what um, Sawid set out to do uh, during the celebration. Mm. And let I know that, you know, I'm going through the outcomes maybe um, bit by bit. But in terms of some of the tools that will be put in place practically, because you know what, in dialogue, like you say, then comes you you come up with solutions. So practically, Mm. is there anything in place that has been implemented thus far? There's a training program that was um, called how families can break the cycle of trauma. Uh, And all delegates, all more than 1,000 women were broken into different groups. Um, And and within this training, there was a reflection of what um, trauma looks like uh, in in families and how to then break that and replace it with narratives of strength, resilience and empowerment um, of future generations, you are saying that you are the one who you've been waiting for. You have the tools within yourself. You have the answers within yourself. Uh, and, and the training programs were empowering um, these young and old, uh, old not, young and not so young. I know that women don't like to be called uh, young and not so young. Um, women just reflecting on their strength, their inner strength and how uh, they can utilize that which they have within themselves um, to come to come up with solutions for their challenges. And how are you going to address uh, the gender-based violence pandemic? We talk about it quite a lot. Um, solutions mm. have been put out there, but uh, again, once again, implementation just becomes a bit of a challenge where you actually implement and you see change. Yeah. What I loved about our approach is that most experts came together to share strategies um, that, you know, this is what help looks like. This is what an intervention that has worked in certain communities. This is what it looks like Um, when we talk about community support systems. Um, to legal reforms. This is what it looks like, and this is how you go about um, uh, receiving uh, those interventions. Because currently, uh, you and I would agree, Betha, that uh, we are focusing so much on statistics, mm. um, and, and we talk about the numbers of people as though those numbers are just numbers. And these are human beings um, who are going through challenges within their families. And um, I mean, one of the side com- conversations was not only looking at gender-based violence from uh, from empowering women, but what can be done to bring men as partners in the conversation? Um, Because we seem to be empowering one side. uh, We'll get to a place where women are so empowered that um, they are not relatable um, to an opposite sex 
or even um you know people who are in same-sex relations and it's difficult to relate to a person who's not as empowered as you are so um some of the responses were advocating that that let's work together and bring everybody together and not just focus on the victim, but also focus on the perpetrators, show them what help looks like um, and, and, you know, populate uh, where are the centers of, of help? Because it's so easy to say to people, seek help when you're in an abusive environment. Um, you mentioned earlier on that Crisalda is previously to Dumash and due to uh, gender-based violence, I made a decision to walk. Uh, which was an, not an easy um, decision to make and, and not easy for most women to decide to walk away um, because the, the, uh, the perpetrator uh, will be the sole breadwinner and most women are dependent on, on that um, sole breadwinner for their livelihood, for shelter, etc., etc. And when we then say that we are empowering these women to take a stand, to make decisions, um, where are the funds that are responsible uh, for building communities that would be um, supportive? I mean, I uh, my heart breaks into tiny little pieces when I reflect on a story of a young woman who kills herself and kill, kills her four children because they were hungry. And I ask myself, as a village, where are we? Because mm. we, we pride ourselves as African people that it takes a village to raise children. Um, but children are now living in the streets. Uh, what is the game plan? And and I believe that Sawid, with the activation of, um, you know, the abled uh, provincial coordinators, because we have coordinators in nine provinces, and we're also this time around joined by 15 other countries, um, that, you know, they committed to going back and, and mobilizing resources and, and providing the strength that uh, women need um, to do something about uh, the challenges, the ills in, our, in their communities. Uh, they committed to mobilizing resources, continuing to serve their people, and, and that there is meaningful change. Mm. It's 20 minutes after nine, and uh, this is uh, The Viewpoint, and I'm speaking to uh, Dr. Criselda Kananda, acting deputy chair of the Sawid Trust. We need to take a small break, and when we get back, we continue with our conversation and also talk about uh, how then, you know, women are included in networking because um, there is, or the organization literally is spreading its wings uh, across borders. Let's take a break. We'll be back. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. Bertha Charuma on SAFM. It is The Viewpoint uh, standing in for Songezo. And in case you would like maybe to share your insights or maybe ask questions, our WhatsApp line is always opened. You can leave your voice note on 0614104107. That's 0614104107. Uh, and also our line, which is also opened, our live line, which is 86 that's 086-000-2032. And I'm speaking to Dr. Criselda Kananda, acting deputy chair of the Sawid Trust. Welcome back, uh, Doc. So let's talk about African networking and how, you know, we can change the narrative. Well, this this movement um, was started in 2003. Um, 2002, South African women, it was just a, a group of women that were organized by the then 
Meza Nelembegi, who was um, the first lady of South Africa. Uh, they uh, formulated a committee to just go and assist women in the DRC um, to broker peace. And as they were sitting in those peace dialogues, they actually noted that many of the issues that the women were, were raising are issues that they left back at home in South Africa. And then decided that instead of us just focusing on, on you know, helping um, these women outside our shores, let's take this back um, to our country uh, where we collaborate and, and ensure that the lessons that are taken from this um, gathering are also going to be assisting South Africa. And um, years later, uh, they went back again to have a, a conversation um, in, in Chile and Tunisia uh, where they were focusing on a study that just halved poverty um, in record time. And, and all these conversations and collaborations are saying South Africa is not an island. Um, we live within a community of Africa. So how do we best collaborate um, and forge partnerships, uh, partnerships that are going to enable, um, you know, the peace and, and um, advancement of peace and development that we so uh, thrive um, uh, in, in, in ensuring that uh, it, it reaches the communities. And so it's a it's a long journey of uh, a twenty year um, success story of uh, something that started with just women chatting. Let's go help out DRC, and um, later years later, not only is it now Sawid, we also have an extension of Awid African Women in Dialogue um, that was born out of uh, the South African Women in Dialogue. Yeah, and I can see that it is growing. Let's talk about the inclusion of women in the digital economy. How is how are you going to integrate these women? Uh, one of the training sessions, um, we we were uh, privileged to have one of our partners donating about uh, forty computers. Um, where women, you know, it, it's interesting how you and I, Bertha, can take. Uh, something like just typing your name on a computer, uh, we we take it as something that is just obvious. And to some, it's a phenomenon, something that they've never, ever done. Um, so in ensuring that uh, women are included in the digital economy, um, the, the teachings were focused on socioeconomic development, um, equity and inclusion. And by this, we mean um, acknowledging that uh, there's just so much that can be accessed as, as opportunities within the digital space. Um, we also had um, programs on entrepreneurship uh, using the digital economy. We also had programs on artificial intelligence. I mean, some of the women being told that, um, you know, slowly the job market is replacing humans with robots. And, and for them, not everybody has access to information um, that tells where the world is at now. And going forward, SAW will make sure that uh, we explore partnerships that are going to leverage the opportunities of the digital economy, um, that we simplify it to a layperson's terms and ensure that there is inclusion of women and girls, that it's not just conversations that are left to the boardroom. Um, but, you know, the trainings we're focusing on um, intra entrepreneurship, uh, what does it mean uh, to have to empower women economically in the digital space? And those are some of the training programs that women were exposed to.
And just before I let you go, I've got Chili B online in Pimville. Chili B, good evening and welcome to The Viewpoint. Hi, Tessa. How are you, my dear? I'm very well, thank you. You deliver like a, a politician I should be voting for. You always <laughs> deliver when you're on radio. Uh, to the point, because your producer is busy, she's telling me I'm wasting time when I'm on air. To the point. Um, my point is, I want to see a woman, women take high leadership in society, in politics, business, church, you name it. Everywhere there's leadership, women must take the forefront. Women have some of the best qualities of a leader, like multitasking. It's a rare quality men don't have it. I don't have it. I try multitasking and I break cups in the in the in the end, try to make coffee and watch TV and do this and that. Women have some of the best qualities like building. Building a family takes a lot. A, wo- a man can build a house, but a woman builds a home. True. So how do you use my question to your guest, how do you use your most powerful weapon to make sure that women take over the world. Thank you, Chilibi. I think she will answer that because um, immediately after this, we need to uh, take a break. Uh, Dr. Criselda? So we, we can do this by just enhancing collaborations with institutions um, throughout the continent, throughout the country, uh, institutions that are about um, women's development, uh, who are about the agenda of women's development. I mean, uh, it really is with so much pride, uh, Betha, that uh, we sit back after five days of deliberations where we see the selfless dedication of people just volunteering their time um, without really costing the organization um, a cent and, and just saying that we are here because we do believe that we are the ones that we've been waiting for. We look back in 1956, it took women to stand up and say enough is enough. And we are those women today. And we pay homage um, to women like uh, for her vision, for steering this ship of Sawid. Uh, looking at Dr. Nkosaza Nadamini Zuma, who's amongst um, the first Sawidians um, who ensured that, you know, the dialogues uh, continue. And this time around, we also were joined by a minister um, who is responsible uh, for youth, sports and family affairs um, in, in the Seychelles, Mama uh, Marie Celine Ziola, uh, who is just looking forward to collaborating uh, with South Africa. And I did indicate earlier on that your Dr. Brigalia Bams of this world, your Professor Tulima Donzelas, and, and there are so many women um, that I can count. Your, the, the late, there's just so many. Um, mm. I mean, I, I can count so many of women who have made an indelible mark. And indeed, together, we can remove um, social ills like, uh, you know, a lot of women were talking about the lack of uh, sponsorship and funds, lack of inclusiveness. And in your respective space, wherever you lead, wherever you are heading, just make sure that um, you are mindful of the leadership that is within women and, and just make a conscious decision to empower them. 
And just before I, I let you go, um, I also would like maybe to leave a platform if somebody who's listening to us and they would like to be in touch or maybe just find, you know, where somewhere where they can have a conversation with you. Uh, where can they go? Well, I'm available on all social media platforms as at Positive GP, Crisalda Kananda, or you can also join us. Uh, Sawid is on Twitter. We have Sawid underscore official um, on Twitter. Uh, oh, well, it's X now, um, right? <laughs> so uh, we are on X. We are on, on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We do have um, Sawid official on, on Facebook. Uh, and, and those are all the platforms. You can also uh, log on to our website, www.sawid.org.za. Mm. And lastly, I think practicality is the way we need to go. You just mentioned a woman who killed her children because, you know, um, there was no, she didn't have anything to feed her children. And not every woman wants to start a business. Um, if you find yourself in a setup, you know, as a woman, you are hungry and not being able to feed your kids. How how do you alleviate that prop, that poverty? How can we help or how can uh, the organization help? What we have done is, as Sawid, we, we empower our core you know, I'm losing, I'm using this word for lack of a better expression, that our core business is about um, inspiring conversations so that people find solutions within themselves. People find um, their own ways of addressing uh, any social ills. We, we are a partisan, we are a non-government um, organization. Uh, we survive purely on, on donations. As a result, what we have done is train and empower coordinators uh, provincially. And when you go onto our website, you'll find coordinators within the province where we encourage them to collaborate with NGOs within the areas where they serve. Um, NGOs will assist in facilitating um, referrals, uh, perhaps for mental health care for um, the many social ills that, um, you know, most people get exposed to, to poverty, teen pregnancy, um, abuse of all forms. They've formed a database um, and have collaborated with NGOs who have funding to deal specifically with these areas. Um, Sawid's uh, pillars focus on building our institutional capacity through partnering um, with universities so that when we come up with interventions, um, interventions are research-based, uh, interventions um, are backed by facts. It's not just, you know, numbers mm. um, and, and somebody sitting and, and deciding. And, and we also want inclusive dialogues where a woman comes from wherever. I mean, women came from all walks of life, uh, from all parts of our provinces. And when you are in that room, uh, you are not a director, you are not a doctor, you are a woman with a voice. And we, our space is just ensuring that those voices um, are given a platform um, in order for them to be directed to the services where they are. And the third pillar being economic empowerment agency and advocacy, including partnerships that I alluded to. And lastly, ensuring that, um, you know, we, 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 put investment on policy research and, and knowledge management um, because many people um, go into positions and make decisions that are not informed by 
people's daily lived experiences, but it's more what, you know, somebody just gave me a 10 point plan and I followed that, whether it's relevant or not for that community. Um, seldom do we find leaders um, that ensure that whatever I implement and for us one of those ways would be the grant system it's not sustainable it doesn't it takes away people's dignity and and we advocate that people must be given employment people must be given opportunities to self-sustain where are the factories at uh, as we speak uh, and, you know, there's just so much more better that needs to be done. And all of us have to just identify in the space, respective space where you lead, um, identify what role, your role can be and follow us as Sawid and say, I am the one that I've been waiting for. Dr. Criselda Kananda, thank you so much for joining us this evening and uh, sharing. And hopefully we do make a change in these dialogues and these conversations that we have. Have a pleasant Absolutely. evening.